it was on the day of my baptism that I really felt that life is going to get better. Even though the problems will still be there, that we will find the strength and the courage to overcome it. Hello, my name is Blair Murphy and this is The Bishop's Office, a podcast where I talk to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their conversion, missionary service and life experiences. This week I'm speaking to Christina Yao about when she and her family joined the church. I hope you enjoy it. Great. Well, Christina, it's um, wonderful to spend some time with you this morning and to talk about your conversion experience. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. The pleasure is mine, Bishop. Well, where should we begin? Tell me a little bit about your childhood and, you know, was religion a part of your upbringing? Well, kind of yes or no. I grew up as a Buddhist. Uh, we've been, uh, the family's been like practicing Buddhism for generations, although I have never really been actively involved in the religion. I just do what mom says when she goes to the Chinese temple and burn an incense here and there, not knowing exactly what it's all about. But yeah, I grew up as a Buddhist as such, yes. And that was in Malaysia? That was in Malaysia, yes. And so did you feel like you ever had experiences that sort of indicated to you that there was a, a higher power, you know, who we would call God? Yes, I was actually educated in uh, a Methodist girls school. We have a chapel service once a week for about 40 minutes uh, that fits into the, the, I guess, the program of the church. And so I've learned about Jesus Christ a little bit and the miracles that he performs. Basically, that's about it. And then we sing some hymns and all, you know, during that time. But I was always actually drawn and quite fascinated with the churches around uh, where we live and um, always felt kind of a, a bit of a pull, and, you know, that draws me to the Christian belief, yes, just from my school days. And so where does your story begin? What are the circumstances that lead to your meeting the missionaries? What's happening in your life at that time? Okay, well, that was almost exactly 30 years ago, 30 years in December when I first bumped into the mission. Oh, I didn't bump into missionaries. They actually came knocking. Uh, we were going through a very difficult period in our lives. We migrated from Malaysia about 10 years before then. And uh, we were running a retail business, uh, Stephen and I. But we lost the business and we found ourselves in a bit of a dire straits financially and in our personal life. And so we were had to force sell our home and the business was taken over by the bank. And, you know, I guess in a way, wrong decisions and we kind of overextended ourselves at that time. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we have to move to a little unit that we rented. And it was a rainy day. We were still trying to work out what we need to do going forward to see how we're going to uh, sort out our future. And when missionaries came knocking on our door and they introduced themselves, they actually just pointed to the badge and said they're representative of the church and said they've got a message about family to share with us. I told them straight away that I was a Buddhist, but because of the rain, I invited them in. And I guess just from there, uh, we started talking and shared a bit of our problems with them. And they just kept coming back every week. And it took us about, about three to four months. But I really, really felt the spirit, even on their first visit. They didn't really talk much about the church. They mainly talked to us about family. 
and how important it is, you know, to the church that the fundamentals of having a, a, a strong family and the love that you have in the family that actually gives you, I guess, the strength, you know, when you get through life, changing experiences. Yeah, and of course then, before they left on their first visit, they presented us with the Book of Mormon, marked some of the scriptures and invited us to pray and to read about it and to be aware of the feelings that we have, you know, uh, what we call the Holy Ghost, as I know as the Holy Ghost now. So that's what happened. So you, you say that, you know, in hindsight, you recognize that those missionaries brought the Spirit with them. How did you actually feel at that time? What, what did it feel like to have the Spirit in your home? Oh, gosh, I was a bit overwhelmed, uh, as I was saying, because we were going through such a difficult time. I just felt very deeply the sincerity and the love they have and how how eager they were to share what they know of the gospel and uh, about, you know, Jesus Christ and uh, that we, we are all children of God and how Jesus Christ made his sacrifices to redeem for all our wrongdoings. And explain to us that life is full of challenges and that's what makes us strong and uh, to be actually humbled and and dependent on God's will instead of, you know, just following our own feelings, our personal needs and wants, that, that, that sort of thing, you know. Are you able to describe a little bit more about the situation that you were in at the time that those missionaries came, you know? How were you feeling after having lost the business and having to have sold the house you know were there challenges in your family relationships what was the situation Mm. Mm. it was not good (laughs) Uh, obviously we were devastated because we worked seven days including sunday we traded even on a sunday but losing the business because both stephen and i actually we came from quite comfortable backgrounds and never been wanting of anything in that way. But having lost the business that we've worked on for 10 years and losing everything that we had because we, as I was saying, we overextended ourselves. And so whatever we had was taken away from us. It was uh, something that we never ever dreamt would happen to us. Uh, I mean, I could have gone back to my dad for help, but then I've got siblings and you know what it's like with siblings sometimes as close as we may be when it comes to finance, it's always an issue. Uh, when they found out, of course, that we met with the missionaries and that we were looking at get, getting converted and, and joined the church, I mean, having lost the business itself already has caused a rift in the relationship because they kind of... Uh, being protective, I guess, in an, in their sort of way, I'm being their, uh, me being their sister, they put most of the blame on Stephen for making bad business decisions. And so they were prepared to look after me, but they weren't prepared to take Stephen on. <laughs> and I thought, there's no way, you know, I mean, a bad business decision is a bad business decision. And we, we went into it together and you can't expect me to just leave my husband when things go bad, you know? So it's very, very hard for me. And the children were still quite young. I mean, they were teenagers and it's not the best years too for, you know, having teenagers and, you know, you know during that time. Yeah, I, we almost have to pull, pull out from a private college 
she was going through her, her year 12. But then one of my, my older brother from Canada who loved Paul very much offered to see her through the last year in college. And that's how we managed uh, to get her through college during her matriculation year. And Casper had to, of course, stop uni and do part-time work just to help out or at least be independent of himself instead of having to rely on us. Uh, thank you for sharing that detail. It's obviously a, an incredibly difficult time and a yeah. humbling time, isn't it? Where, you know, not only sort of your financial situation, but family relationships are being strained. It's in the midst of all of this on a rainy day that these two missionaries come and, and knock on your door and you begin to sort of feel something, uh, perhaps a bit of hope. Um, and yeah. so you mentioned that they um, left you a Book of Mormon and uh, yes. you know, highlighted a few scriptures. So what happened next? And I guess, did you, did you read the Book of Mormon? Yes. What, what, you know, what happened next? Tell me about that experience. Definitely. Uh, we went straight into it, both Paul and I. And of course, we kind of compared notes. And she came to me one day and said, you know, after about three or four visits from the missionary, she said to me, Mom, how do you feel? You know, I said, I really don't know because I said the Joseph Smith story was a little bit far-fetched for me then, you know, but I just, I said, although I said I have my doubts, but I still felt this very strong desire to know more. And uh, then of course, uh, the missionary after a few visits came and, and I think it was during the fifth discussion or something, then came and invited us to set a date for uh, baptism. And I said, oh, it's going to be very hard for me because our relationship with the family was already quite fractured then. And I said, if I were to pull away from our family traditions, especially my mum, will be very upset and devastated with what we were planning to do if I was to go ahead with, the, with baptism. And they say, well, just pray about it. See how you feel. You just follow the prompting of the Spirit. And if you feel, still feel good about it, in, you know, in spite of you know, all these uh, niggling doubts that you may have, then you have to make a decision whether you want to go with your feelings, whatever mm. else. And uh, so then Paul came to me after they left and said, Mom, what do you think? Do you, do you actually think you, you know, do you think you'll be baptized? And I said, I'm not sure. And the funny thing with what she said to me then was, Mom, I know you're going to be baptized. And I kind of looked her, at her in surprise and I said, why? Why do you say that? And she said, no, I just can sense this change in you because we were going through such a bad time i don't know maybe i've been very impatient with them or i've been losing my my cool with them uh, without realizing it because i was still so totally overwhelmed by all that was happening ar around us and she said i know mom i know that you'll be baptized she said that to me mm. and she said because i can sense this feeling this change in you and i said really you know i mean what do you mean by, she said, I don't know, you just seem to, to a little bit calmer and more peaceful with, you know, even though our problems are still there, but you don't seem to be stressing out as much anymore and all that sort of thing. So I said, oh, that's coming from her. And she was maybe about at that time, mm. 16 going 17 kind of thing. And I thought, oh. I kind of ponder on that, what she said. And we obviously prayed about our baptism and all that sort of thing. And Stephen 
was keen as well. But because he was out looking for work, because, you know, we had no income. And uh, so there were days that he was home when the missionaries came. There were days that he was out looking for work. And, um, and he didn't finish the discussions, you know, together with us. So it took him a couple of more months. And I think also his one concern is the tithe you know, paying the tithe because we were struggling even to pay our rental then. And uh, I, I think he had to think long and hard and pray about that, especially before he decides. But he did eventually, two months later, get baptised. I'm interested. Was there a time where you prayed and you had an experience that resolved those concerns? Or was it over the preparation for baptism that you just generally felt better about it? Actually, it was on the day of my baptism that I really felt that life is going to get better, even though the problems will still be there, that we will find the the strength and the courage to overcome it. And you know what actually helped me tremendously, Bishop, was that they invited us to come to church from the first day. And we came to church three hours every Sunday without fail, even before our baptism. So we did the, the gospel class. We did, of course, the, uh, the sacrament, the gospel class and Relief Society and priesthood thing from day one mm. uh, without missing any of the lessons, even before we got baptized. And the missionaries were with us throughout because they were APs. Uh, they weren't transferred as often. So they were with us throughout to help us through. And also what really made a difference to me was how loving and friendly the members were. They actually gave us hope and strength. They invited us to their homes for meals, you know, for their family, joined them in their family home evenings, you know, that sort of thing. And that really helped us because we were estranged from our family. Once we decided that we were going to get baptised, they ceased contact with us. And for three years after or more, we had no contact with our families at all mm. after the, our baptism. So it was a really difficult time. And if it weren't for member families who helped us, we would have found it really, really difficult. What also impressed me was that, you know, young men who is in their prime of their life to give up two years of their life to serve a mission. Uh, I just thought that was just such a selfless act to serve the Lord, you know, and, uh, and we, we actually asked them, how can you give up two years of your, your life when you uh, should be out, you know, having a great time at your age? And they said, look, you know, it's the blessings that we receive. Nothing can compare to it. I have to say, even up to these days, 30 years on, it is one of the uh, best decisions that we've ever made to join the church. Oh, yeah, what? it was hard. Yeah. And we paid our time. We, we managed <laughs> as hard as it was. And I have to call up like all the utilities when I get bills for the electricity and for the phone, if we could stagger our payments just to keep some money for paying our time <laughs> and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, so... You know, we, we managed uh, miracles work in the, yeah. You know, it, it's just amazing how the Spirit promises to do things. And if we follow the promptings, blessings do come. Because Stephen found work uh, soon after. We thought, how are we going to pay our tithe? Because it's just commission-based. And you don't get commission till the job is installed. 
So it's a month or two before you actually see money coming in. And of course, we were paying off an arrangement to pay off our debts within five years. Right. So part of whatever he gets goes into the public trustee to distribute it to people that we owe money mm. to. So there's not a lot of money left by the time we paid everything. We hung in there and we thought, you know, we had made a covenant when we accepted to be baptized and to pay the tithe. And, you know, come rain or shine, we have to try our best to do what we have promised the Lord. So, and, and so, as I was saying, we just kept money aside and, and you know, and paid our bills uh, by installments. Whatever bills that came, we, if, if possible, we'll call them and we'll arrange to pay all our bills by installments and kept money aside for our time. But less than two years into the job, students came to me and said, I have a feeling the company is actually not doing that well. I don't think I'll go very far if I continue with the company. And so so I think I better start looking while I'm still working because it's always easier to find work while you have work. And so he started looking for work again and that's this job that he's landed with. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah, now it's like 28 years now that he's with the job. And this job, has really re-established our lives for us. And I do believe that it's only because we try to be as obedient as we can be. You know, we are we still have a lot of things that we need to improve on. But yeah, I think paying time has helped us. And I have seen many things happen with visiting, uh, you know, even with in those days uh, when I was visiting teaching and all those sort of things, families who have problems or have an issue with paying tithe. And, and I've shared my testimony with them and the blessings that we have received through paying tithes even over really difficult periods of, in our life. And there's a couple of sisters that I visited that actually took on the challenge and actually found that their life's been blessed as well. So, you know, it, yeah, I do have a testimony of paying an honest tithe. That's wonderful. Um, One of the things that strikes me is the opposition from your family. You must have felt very strongly about the truthfulness of the gospel to risk that. What experience made you so confident in making that decision? I'm not sure if I can put that down as an experience, like, but it's just this very strong feeling that I have. That I know that if I don't have anything else, if I don't have anybody else in my life, the Heavenly Father is there for me. Mm. And that's why he sent the missionaries to, to us. And I felt like, you know, I really felt the love you know, around me. I felt the love through my prayers. I felt the love through my friendships with members in the church and with the missionaries. And even at that time, uh, the mission president, Peter Mason, yep. and his wife, Grace, they were really, really supportive. And uh, we felt the love. They had home evenings in the mission home. They have firesides, which we attended always. And I think it's through our association, we had a lot of anti-Mormon literature thrown at us during the time when we were, you know, investigating the church. And even during the time when we said that we, we told the friends and family that we have decided to get baptized. And even after, we just have people coming to us and telling us all sorts of things. And you know what? I didn't waver at all because I know what they were talking to me were all untrue. They were rubbish. I can't say I had a very strong testimony of the church then because I was so new, not just to the church, but to Christianity itself. But 
as I was saying to you, I attend, we attended every, every class for the three hours. And the gospel class that we attended has taught me the basics, you know, the fundamentals of what our church practices and why we do that. And the gospel class is what kind of, I guess, uh, cemented me to the teachings and what is true and what is not true about the church that I hear of. Um, so what, what do you remember of the day that you got baptized can you tell me a bit about that <laughs> uh the day that i was such a mess <laughs> I, I remember i was just bawling my eyes out i was just so overcome by the spirit i uh, i just felt like that's it i can't forget about what's happened it was still all around us you know we still had debts to pay uh we still have relationships to mend but i just felt that everything's going to be fine everything's just going to be okay and you know Bishop, after all these years now, of course, all the relationships are mended. You know, my siblings, Stephen's siblings, it's uh, been uh, like nothing's ever happened. And there were times when we get invited to their homes now, right, for meals. They actually said, would you like to say a prayer? Oh, that's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. So, and they've come for the children's baptism. And I've even had missionaries help them in their homes when they were moving heavy stuff and things like that. You know, missionaries got and they said to me, they're really, really lovely boys. And I, I don't know if they will ever join the church, but at least they know a little bit of what the church is all about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, while mm. you're um, speaking about missionaries, you and your family have become great missionaries yourself and in, in sharing the gospel. Are there any experiences that sort of come to mind about times when you've had an opportunity to, to share the gospel with others? Yes, definitely. Uh, I have a few friends join the church through our friendship. But you know, uh, Sister Bronwyn Hyder. It took us about two to three years to actually convert her because she belongs to the Church of England and her roots were deep. She was married there, her children were baptized there and all that sort of thing. And so she went through, I think, a dozen sets of missionaries before she finally got baptized. But she's good now. She's moved to Victor Harbour and she's very actively involved in the branch. And then, of course, Stephen actually shared the gospel with one of his clients and was really excited when he came back, an, an older couple, and said, oh, uh, Keith and Gwen Hazelwood. And uh, he came back very excited one day and he said, oh, oh, do you have a book of Mormon, like a spare one at home? And I always have a spare book of Mormon at home. Mm. And he said, because I'm going to visit them again to sign them up, but I want to give them a book of Mormon. So I, I took a book of Mormon out and I wrote a personal message to them and how the book of Mormon has changed our lives and, uh, and gave it to Keith. And Keith and Gwen joined the church soon after. And the funny thing is when they got baptized, their daughter came with the grandchildren and the daughter felt the spirit so strong. And he, she came to me and she said, Christina, uh, how do I go about joining the church? Can I get baptized now? I said, no, 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 you can't do that. And I said, give me your details and the missionaries in your area, I, we can give it to the missionaries to come speak to you and you know teach you a bit about what our church is all about. And so then she got baptized and her two girls got baptized. Oh, wonderful. And then, of course, the girls are all grown up now. And I, one of the girls actually married a return missionary. So, you know, it's just amazing, just from the one person, how the daughter's family all joined the church. So that's another experience that we have. Um, I love those experiences. I love 
I love how powerful that baptismal service was for that um, that daughter and those grandkids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wonderful. What do you think the secret is? What makes a good, you know, member missionary, as we would call them? I guess it's being sincere and your love has got to come through. You know, it's not just lip service thing. You, when you say you care, you love a person, you really have to show that you care, Bishop. You know, you have to, no matter what their backgrounds may be, no matter what color or creed they're from, I think when the love is genuine, it comes through, you know, to the people. And they want to be like you. They want to have a family like yours when they see, you know, the way you live with your family, how your family treat each other. I think it's just being a good example that touches people's life. And everybody wants to have a beautiful family. Everybody wants peace and love in their life. And I think as members, if we let our light shine, as we say in the gospel, you know, and be really true, genuine friends, I think that's really what makes it easy for us to become missionaries. We have to open our homes. I sit to the missionaries all the time. If you have investigators and you want to, to bring them for tea dates with you, I say, just give me a yell. Anybody's welcome to our home too. And I, I'm always very happy to share my experiences and my testimony of the church with people that they teach. Well, um, it's been wonderful to hear about your experience. Maybe to close, you could share with us your testimony and what, the gospel has meant to you, I guess, over these last 30 years um, and how it's blessed your life? Oh, it's been life-changing and uh, we n- would never have ever been, a- would have been able to get back to where we are now if not because of the gospel. And I think it's kind of kept us along the straight and narrow path. I mean, we do sort of drop by the side every now and again. But when doubts come or when problems uh, put doubts in my mind, I always kind of have a silent prayer and try to refocus on, you know, you mustn't let doubts and things like that come in your way because, you know, the gospel is always there. The gospel never changes. It's the people around you and maybe even yourself that change. But the gospel is always the same. God's always there for us, you know, and we are his children. He loves us, you know. He knows what we're going through, good or bad, you know. And we all go through bad, we have bad times. As good as it may look on the outside, we all do have challenges in our life. And uh, the gospel's been a real blessing for me personally. Each time when I have any issues or what problems in my life, it's, it's given me... I guess strength and courage to see things through. Uh, sometimes the result may not be the way I want it, but that's life and we have to accept God's will. I'm really, really grateful, Bishop, for the gospel I have in my life. I, I, I don't know where I'll be today if it's not because of it. I mean, Casper joined, joined the church a, a lot later, more than a year, but uh, he's also been a very strong anchor for me. He's a, a wonderful son. Well, Christina, thank you for sharing your experience with us. It's been so wonderful to hear. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Christina's conversion experience and that of her families. I also loved the tips that she had for, for being a good member missionary. Again, please do share these with your friends and family and anybody else who you think might benefit from hearing about these experiences. That's all I have for you this week until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.